thanks everyone for watching. This is going to be my second podcast. So learning a couple things, forgot a couple of things. So uh, first off, I want to make sure and thank the two sponsors that I have. Um, first is going to be Jenny Blanton. She's going to take care of all of your real estate needs. So if you guys are selling or buying anywhere in the general area, of the Raleigh-Durham or Central North Carolina, be sure and reach out to her. And then also Dogwood & Company. Um, one of the builders I work with um, primarily focuses in Cary, does high-end luxury construction and also high-end remodeling. So if you have any cool projects, be sure and reach out to him or to that company and see what we can do. Now, let's get into the meat of episode two. I'm so excited. Today, we're going to talk about, or this episode, we're going to talk about um, a big part of it, my experience with the Dallas Lighting Show. Uh, this is where they show all of the new light fixtures that are coming out for the upcoming um, six months or year. They have the show every six months. Um, usually, it's in the end of June and then sometime in January. And then they show all the new products. Um, and then the Builders, most of the time it's designers and showrooms go and physically look and see what's there. Um, and they place big orders, they look and see, they talk and communicate with it. So um, something really, really fun. Now, what we're going to attempt to do is put up pictures. I'm going to use my big boy words um, for you guys that aren't able to physically see the pictures. You're only audio. You're just listening to it and describe them. Um, I have the pictures in front of me. Hopefully, they're going to pop up on the screen, so you're going to be able to see them too. But this is also a time I want to remind you to be sure and check YouTube, some of the channels that have video, because you're going to not only be able to hear what I'm talking about, you're going to be able to see it. And that's going to be on multiple episodes too. So be sure when you can follow, um, go to the podcast channels and look for it. It is designerslanepodcast.com and that will have all of the locations or you can also Google it. It's going to be on YouTube. So um, called Designers Lane, you'll be able to see it. So let's talk about the Dallas Lighting Show. The It is um, four stories plus the floor of tons of showrooms. And you're going to have the majority of the lighting showrooms are going to have what's physically available, what's available today, what's in stock, or what may take six or 12 months to get in, which, you know, everything's taking a little bit of time to happen right now. And you can see it. You can physically touch it. You can um, see the finishes. You can see the scale and the size, the quality of it. Um, you also get to talk to the vendors, the wrap, and they also have really, really good food. Oh, my gosh. They have breakfast. They have lunch. So you can eat at every showroom and gain 20 pounds, which I think I did. But this shows you a really good idea. I'm standing on the top floor looking down, and it doesn't stop at that light ovation sign. That's only halfway. It goes all the way back. And a cool feature that I love is there is a koi pond right in the bottom on the middle. And then the second day I was there, they actually had this great guy singing some country music. So be sure and follow Instagram and you can see some of those pictures. So that was really, really cool. Uh, that's there. The One of the big reasons that I go to these lighting shows is to keep abreast, know what's going on, um, to get to talk to the vendors, to know what's happening, um, and get a really good idea of what's hot and what's not, what's lasting. Um, first picture that we're looking at, this is just absolutely 
just stunning in my mind. It has flutes. It has glass that runs all the way around it. It does have LED lighting, so it gives you the ability to have a plenty of light resource in your room. You can also, I call it, bring it down a little bit, put it on a dimmer so it's not super bright. This is shown in a polished nickel. Um, it also comes in polished chrome, and then it will come either in a black or aura bronze. And in the photographs, you kind of see in the background a little bit of a reference of what the dark black is. And remember, this scales on two different sizes. You, often fixtures will have multiple sizes that they can work with. Um, you can actually see in the back how it's that same fixture, but it's a little bit smaller. It can come anywhere from 18 inches and go anywhere up to 30 or 32. Um, this particular line is great with that. This is Chapman. You're able to see it. I like this because just the clean flutes looking down was definitely, I'd consider this more of a transitional light contemporary um, style. And you're actually able to put this on a little bit of a slant on the ceiling if you don't have a um, flat ceiling. Can't have a big slant, but you're still able to do it and it'll hang and be absolutely magnificent. Very, very sharp, very, very clean. So now we're gonna roll to our next picture. This I adore. Um, this to me has texture to it. It's a beautiful dark, dark bronze. It's almost a black color. But one of the reasons I took this picture and I wanted you to see it is the, um, the pendants hanging down. Um, they call them drops. The fancy big word is drops. Um, and where we you still have the facets where it's cut like a big fancy diamond, um, but these are actually hammered and chiseled. So it takes a fixture and mixes it up a little bit. I think it makes it timeless. Um, for you guys that can't see this, it, it's a true chandelier. Um, uh, it has legs on the bottom and it has drops on the bottom and the top. This too will size in different um, sizes. This is a smaller one. This is about 22, 24 inches, but it comes a little larger. Um, it looks like it has candles, um, candelabras around it. And again, um, LED is where, you know, we have moved to lighting and they've um, LED trend or uh, field has um, done a fabulous job with getting the light colors where they're not as blue and white. Kind of want this to look like, you know, back in the day, you know, probably a hundred years ago, um, this would actually have candles in it. That's how you would get your light. And that's what we're trying to replicate here is having an actual candle with a candelabra bulb in it that looks as natural, I'd say closer to 2,700 Kelvin or either 3,000. Um, those are the color numbers that you're looking for. Just again, have these magnificent pendants and these drops that have these texture to them. They catch the light nicely. They look absolutely stunning. And again, this is from Chapman. And kind of the top left, for those who are looking at the picture, you can see that this also comes in an antique brass finish. So not only is it in this darker bronze or black finish, you can get it in that lighter um, antique bronzy brass finish. It looks really, really good. So yay, this is working out well. So our next photograph and picture we have is by Ralph Lauren. Oh my goodness, he's not only making plaid clothes and shoes anymore, he's moved into lighting fixtures. And... I have to be honest and say I've not been a big fan of brass probably my entire life, although this is amazing and stunning. His craftspeople have done a fabulous job on designing this. I would consider this a little bit more colonial in style. What's magnificent and just so strong about this 
is the brass is definitely antique brass. It's just, it's hammered. It's not shiny. It looks like it's been around the block. It's hung in a, you know, over a kitchen table or in a dining room for 50 years and someone cleaned the cobwebs off and it's just Bam, it's there. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, this is a mixture of aura bronze. The arms, and the arms are the things that come out to the side, um, are actually hammered. They're not smooth. They have a texture to them. And then the globe or the ball in the center, which is what the arm affixes to, is the same thing. It has a texture to it. It's hammered. It's not shiny. I would definitely consider this maybe a satin finish. I'm not sure I'd quite call it matte. It has the smallest of a sheen to it, but stunning. And if you look look behind it, those are called sconces, wall sconces. On the left, you have one that's a single, and on the right, you have one that's a double. Um, again, years ago, there would be a mirror back there, and it would reflect the light, and it would illuminate the room a little bit more. You could gain more light, but this is just spectacular. What wonderful design to be able to have that. So I want to eat a little bit of crow and go back and start liking a little bit of antique bronze or antique um, brass right there. That's just stunning. So sorry about that um, technical support. I jumped on you. So the next picture that we have, these are going to, this actually is a consider more of a pendant that would hang over your kitchen island or smaller area. This scale in size is about, I'd say 14, 16 inches um, on the bottom diameter. And then you have the height, which is probably similar. But I wanted to show you these straps and detail that's on the top, how important lighting and these details have become over the years, which is why I need to make sure you give a really good allowance and budget for lighting. Um, this particular one is polished nickel and that dark detail that goes around the buckle on the bottom is actually roping leather. It's dark, dark um, gray. It almost looks like it's black in the photograph, but truly amazing. Again, the finish is polished nickel. This particular one only comes in polished nickel and brass, but stunning, beautiful. It is a clear glass. It's not seated. It does not have texture to it, but I believe the intent of this was to definitely focus on the detail that's on the top just amazing. And I think this will be classic, timeless. You could put this over an area and it will last forever. The great thing with this piece uh, is that it could either be a little bit more traditional, transitional, or you could even bring it up to be a little bit more modern. Too many light fixtures you can't do that with. This one, I think you can. And again, this is by Ralph Lauren. So let's see what our next fixture is going to be. Same showroom. This actually shows the multiple colors that these pendants come in. Now, um, a great detail that designers and contractors are starting to do um, over kitchen tables or dining tables are to mix different sizes. I'd still keep them the same finish, but you can see the white one in the top left is a little bit smaller. I'd probably say that's 12 to 14 inches. The brass one that represents the color, this is a little bit larger, probably 24 inches. And then the very bottom, that's actually a floor lamp. So hopefully you won't hang that from your ceiling, um, but it shows and represents the color of that fixture. So you can get all of these hanging 
pendants or fixtures in multiple finishes. And I wanted you to think that you don't just have to do one. You could do multiples up there. It takes planning. You're going to absolutely have to get your electrician and mark everything out on the floor and then they transfer it up to the ceiling. But if you can pull it off, it looks amazing. And I'd consider this, um, for those of you who can't see it, I'd consider it slightly of an Asian and or um, uh, Oriental influence. Um, but again, it plays a little bit. I, I wouldn't put this in a very traditional home because I, I think the lines don't fall into it. But again, you have a mixture of the white, the black, and also uh, it's more of a antique brass. You can see it's not quite as shiny, but something that is super special and can look super in the right space. The next slide that we're going to go to Gosh, how do you explain this one? Um, this looks like it just fell out of Mars in a good way. This is blown glass physically. They've mushed it. They've flattened it. So if you can imagine, if you can't see this, um, it's a takeoff of a Sputnik. So there are linear lines going everywhere, you know, or horizontal with the horizon and also vertical, so perpendicular. And at the very, very end, you have this LED light and they've blown a globe and like a ball and mushed it and made it flat. Amazing, just truly amazing. Uh, this would work really well over an island. This is a little bit more rectangular than square. You can buy pendants um, and then just buy the you know pendant itself. But this is also gonna be a mixture of materials. This is black and then antique bronze. Again, you see this antique brassy bronze color coming back in and seeing it. And this glass, the fact that it is hand blown has air bubbles. Um, it has some physical texture in it, which is one of the reasons I love it. Definitely leans a little bit more contemporary, like traditional. I'd even say it's it's modern. Um, if you have the right entryway, it could go in there, but would certainly be stunning over um, a kitchen table or an island. This is definitely a piece you plan for. It's on the higher end of the the cost scale. This is you know a couple thousand dollars to be able to have it. Um, and at the very very top, it's kind of you can see behind the plate. It actually has a canopy that lays flat. So this piece is going to do better on a flat ceiling than an angle ceiling, but just mm, absolutely magnificent. Okay, we're going to jump back a little bit to more um, transitional to traditional kind of cottagey. Um, these are fabulous wood pieces that have been whitewashed. Uh, again, they're swirly arms that come up on the left and right. And then these drops, remember in the picture we had a, um, a little while ago, we talked about the facets and the glass and the crystal drops or the pendants. These are the same thing. They're drops, but these are made out of wood. Um, they're turned, so they're not flat. They actually put them on a lathe and, you know, these little people spin around and cut them. And they look amazing. Uh, you have candles um, in the top, so you put the candelabra bulbs. These often will come in different sizes and different finishes. Um, there are two in this photograph. You have the, the first one. This is sort of a whitewash and then a gold um, rubbed patina. Um, sometimes that gold will be an antique silver, which looks amazing. And then also right behind it, 
you have another fixture, you can see the arms that come out that are dark um, black and bronzy. And then the pendants that hang down are a little bit more exaggerated uh, that's on there. The wood um, portion of the fixture still has a whitewash. And at the really, really top, right below the canopy, it sort of swoops down and it has the smaller pendants. Multiple vendors carry um, their designs of these, so it's around. This definitely falls in more of a traditional farmhouse style or traditional home beautiful with wood floors, you know, the wider plank floors. I definitely would not put this in a modern style home, but something that I think is magnificent and again, timeless, you can put this in. You don't have to worry about 15 or 20 years that it's going to look dated. And then the price point of these are going to vary, you know, probably Again, we're on the upper tier a little bit. We're in tier one or maybe tier two. I'd say, you know, five or $600 up to a couple thousand. And size-wise, Anywhere I'd allow maybe for about 30 inches. Some of these get really large. You can get them up to 60-inch diameter, which is pretty, pretty big. It's in there. Again, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Ah, okay. Hubberton Forge. How amazing is this? Plus, their showroom is just off this. Look at the back wall. Again, for those of you who are watching yet, be sure and check us out so you can see these visual pictures. But there's this really cool backdrop they have back there. Hubbardson Forge definitely is a favorite vendor of mine. They can custom make and size any of their fixtures, and they can also have the ability to change the um, the finish and the color. They probably have a dozen already that you can choose from, um, but they can also create something different. The same thing with the lighting fixture. I've used them in the past on jobs where I'm like, hey, I love this fixture. I want to use this fixture, but I need it to be 36 inches or I need it to be 42 inches or I need it to be a little bit smaller. And they're able to do it. They draw it, they cut it out. Again, computer aid design. Um, they draw it and send it to us. We look at it. We pick out the finishes that we want and they send us a bid and you're off to the races. They make it. Typically, this is a really thick glass that is blown. And I will have to say it's a little dusty. So I think housekeeping forgot to get in there before I came, but amazing. And there are just, sorry, Charlie, I just hit you. Um, there are First linears that come out, and those are actually hammered. They have a texture to them. So, and when the light hits them, the the sheen is relatively small, but it 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 physically shows that. Um, this was in this year's um, front page or cover of their catalog, and I saw it and thought it was so amazing, and was super super excited to be able knew I was going to see it at the Dallas show. It did it did not let down. Um, in the photograph, it looks like it's. 10 feet wide. It's not. This is probably only 22 or 24 inches. Um, but again, remember, they can make it a little bit larger or a little bit smaller. Um, I would definitely put this over an area that you're not going to walk into. Um, I posted the picture on my Facebook page and Instagram a little while back, and a couple of people were like, oh my gosh, it's going to poke my eyeballs out. So you want to make sure that you stick it on up there, stick it seven and eight feet, you know, up off the floor. But just beautiful. Remember Hubbardson Forge, you can change the finish with that. And in the back that um, you can also start to see something that's a little bit linear. That's a stainless steel finish. But again, they blew the, the globes and you're able to see the glass. But sort of wanted to focus on this particular picture, this amazing piece from them that's on the front. This 
actually is an outdoor sconce. Um, we call anything that mounts to a wall, I call it a sconce. Um, it can go outdoors or indoor sconces, that is. This particular fixture is meant to go outside in an area. It doesn't have to go by a garage, but it's meant to handle the weather. What I want to focus on with this is that really magnificent and fun and twisted light bulb. Uh, this is definitely a takeoff on an Edison light and it just swirls and comes up. So those of you who are, again, not watching, use your vision. This is a long tube of a glass. That light bulb is probably 10 inches, 12 inches long. And that filament inside just spins and turns and gives a Absolutely, absolutely beautiful light. Um, it's definitely in the 2700 color range. It's warmer, has a little bit more of a yellow tone to it. Kind of off to the right, you can see another shorter one. But I just thought these were so exciting and different and unique. The fact that the bulb just spins around a little bit. I'm not sure that I would encourage using this fixture within maybe five or six blocks of the coast. It's not going to do so well with um, sea salt or sea air. The salt that's in the air, the, the metal will have a tendency to corrode a little bit. Um, but if you're inland, if you're in the White County area, you're not on the water anywhere if you're building. Um, definitely more of a modern style, um, but just a beautiful, beautiful piece. Just real excited to see the light bulbs out there. They're doing something a little bit different. Another favorite. Oh my gosh, I feel like I have so many favorites. This right here, hopefully you can save the picture and will be, and you may be able to tell it in the pictures, but these have a, um, a flute glass, a globe, and it opens up at the top a little bit. That's actually called CD glass or bubble glass. And so therefore it gives it some texture. Uh, it's a very old fashioned glass. It, um, again, it was in windows that they made by hand the glass and they wanted to get the bubbles out. It's amazing how now we want bubbles in and, you know, 50, 100 years ago, you want bubbles out. But this has that in there and it just gives just a, a magnificent style to it. And then it comes down and has almost that drip where it's flattened. It has a forged fill to it. And again, these will come in a couple of different sizes. This runs about 26, 28 inches in diameter. And then it also comes in sconces. Um, that's at the bottom of the picture. Either you can have a triple, uh, which is on the left, and then, or you can have a single, which is on the right. This, I believe, comes in two colors, and we see both of those now. It comes in um, dark, dark bronze slash black. And then again, on the right, where you have that single sconce, it shows that it's in white. I'm a big fan of the darker finishes. I like the, the black, especially if the walls are a little bit lighter and we have wood that's there. But one of my favorites, um, big time. This is, again, middle range, you know, probably under a couple thousand dollars, but just lighting designer did a fabulous job on this one. Another sconce we have, uh, this is, again, showing a mixture of finishes. We have black and we have a brass, and this is a polished brass, so you're going to need to make sure you kind of polish it a little bit or you don't put your fingerprints on it or let your dog lick it. Um, uh, glass comes down. It is a smooth, clear glass, and again, an elongated bulb that's in there. Uh, th these can be used in multiple applications. Um, I'm not so sure that I would use it outside, um, but I would use it as a sconce inside on each side of the television. Uh, it could be on left and right side of a mirror in a bathroom, uh, in a 
common space. Really, really nice. Uh, this is probably about 16, 18 inches tall, so it's a nice scale. Um, those arms um, are not adjustable. So that's what you get. A couple of people were thought, you know, oh, well, I can shorten it up and there's little hinges on the, you know, those arms that's in there. It's not. That's it. And that's the size that it happens. And you need to make sure that when you're working with your electrician and you make the placement for the power to hold these, that you know where they're going to go. But beautiful, beautiful piece. Curry and company, just great old friends. They've been around forever. Um, this particular piece, again, is blown glass. You can hopefully see the texture in the glass, and then each glass is surrounded by metal, um, which is in the gray family. It's not black. Uh, this is a pretty big piece. Um, it's about 28, 30 inches, and it's heavy. It's probably 40 or 50 pounds. Um, so you have to make sure that there's proper blocking up in your ceiling. So when you're meeting with your electrical contractor or general contractor, if you have a heavy fixture like this, we really, really want to make sure and tell them that this thing weighs 50 pounds. So when they put it up there, it doesn't come crashing down and land on the floor. Um, so they like to know if it's, you know, under 30 pounds or more than 30 pounds, this is definitely over there. And again, for those who can't see it, um, this is a hard one to explain. It's just a masterpiece. Um, it's round in size and diameter. You've got really cool glass that has the um, physical texture to it. The glass leans a little bit more of a blue-green flavor to it. It's not as clear, and it is on a chain. Um, we're starting to see a mixture up on the top that physically supports the lights. Either they're going to be a rod, um, which you have a little, very, very little play with, or you have an adjustable chain and you can take those links out and raise it and lower it. Oh, one other thing to remember is if these, a lot of these fixtures come with three or four feet chain as a standard. So if you have a 16 or 18 or 22 foot or 100 foot ceiling that this hangs from, a fixture hangs from, you need to make sure and let, again, your general contractor and your um, electrician know that when, or whoever orders this, that this is gonna hang down. Cause the last thing you wanna do is not have enough chain and it be discolored and it doesn't work. And we're actually um, in one of the podcasts gonna talk about that. Um, this is something definitely you wanna have in the communications, but beautiful piece from Curry and Company. Ceiling fans. Okay, these have changed a bit um, or changing. Uh, this, believe it or not, is a what I still consider a five blade, not a three blade, but a five blade fan. And you get to pick the finish. Um, you get to also, this comes in two sizes, um, but and, and then also it has a light in the middle. So you can choose whether you want to have a light there or you want to put a wood cap. But when you go custom and you're able to choose things from the beginning, this is one of the things you get to do. Um, you get to choose, the housing is what's on top, um, which touches the ceiling, it's the metal casing. Um, you often have three or four finishes that you can choose from. This one happens to be, it looks like it's polished nickel. And then the, the blades itself um, lend itself a little bit more of a medium brown. What's lovely about this is it has, it's wood. I mean, it's real wood. It has a striation in it, so you can see the grain, you can see the color. This piece lends itself to be a little transitional. It could certainly be a little bit modern. It's a nice piece. I um, I don't know the exact size, but it's probably 60 or 66. I mean, it has a, a big old swing that's in there and beautiful. Uh, the one thing you want to make sure when you do these oversized fans is um, you don't want them to be anywhere near the recessed cans that you have in the ceiling. Um, we call that strobing. So when you turn on that fan, the last thing that we want to do and see is have 
you know, discos going on in the room, make sure those cans are pulled out far enough away. Um, typically your electrical plan, or um, we'll talk about a vendor walk at another episode. When you go through, it's nice to know if you're going to have an oversized fan in a couple areas to make sure those recessed cans do not happen. Um, you kind of see in the background, there are three blade fans. Those are definitely the popular fans now. Um, I get asked, you know, the three blades are not going to move or do they move enough air around? Um, I've been educated enough that it's not all about being pretty. You know, designers like everything to be pretty. Um, fans do need to function, especially in the South, but it's the pitch. Um, they turn the blades. Um, if there's often three blades, they'll turn them where they move a little bit more air. Um, but again, you don't want the thing to take off. Um, so it, it needs to look really, really pretty and move some air around. Same thing. This particular one is a able to go on a, a ceiling because it's got that ball joint that's in the top so you could have a little bit of a slope sometimes fans do not do that they need to be on a flat ceiling and the other thing to remember is how much of a rod um, a stand this comes with a standard rod which is somewhere between six and eight inches if you want this to hang down three or four feet you need to make sure that the person or the vendor ordering this fan knows that i mean that they physically order the right rod that's in there and then make sure you pick the right finishes too. And this looks like that was Monte Carlo and also Generation Lighting. Those are sort of sisters that's in there. Um, I actually think this one was Monte Carlo. Two, again, fabulous, fabulous vendors. Okay, this was really cool. Um, this was walking to one of the lectures I was going to. Um, this vendor, gosh, what's the best way to explain it? Um, it's lighting for, I was looking at it for a theater, for a theater room that I'm doing on an upcoming project. And this actually goes, the track, which is the black part that you see in there, actually goes up into the sheetrock. So this is planning. This is something you've got to plan on way before the sheetrock people start sheetrocking that's in there but you have multiple lights. Um, at the very, very top part of the ceiling there, it looks like there's about six lights and they go up in that track. So therefore the ceiling is smooth. And believe it or not, those are illuminated now. They don't create a glare. It's a new technology that they have that gives you general room illumination, but it just, you don't look at it and it doesn't blind you. And then you can kind of wrap around. You can, if you look real hard, you can see them and you come down and then you have the lights that you physically can see that they slide in there. And then you have directional spotlights that are super cool because you can aim them to the floor. You can aim them if you've got cool pieces of art that you want to illuminate in the space. Um, and then, oh golly, I don't think I've showed it in the picture, but off to the far right, you can also slide in pendants um, that are in there that could be multiple sizes. Um, this definitely leans a little bit more transitional to more of a modern style that's in there. And I can't stress enough that you have to plan for this. This is not something that the house is 90% done and you come over, you know, Saturday after cocktails and decide, oh my gosh, I want to put, you know, this type of recessed track lighting in there doesn't go well, make sure you plan for this on the front side. But something new that I saw at the recent show that I thought was absolutely amazing. This again is a sconce. It's a different type of sconce. Um, again, for those not looking, I'm looking at a sconce that has an arm on it. And then this has, um, 
joints that this actually moves. You can, you know, raise it a little bit. You can lower it a little bit. It can come out for the wall. Um, and yes, there are multiple light fixtures out there now that look similar to this. But what I felt was so nice about this one was the texture. And you'll hear me talk a lot about texture in the design process is this just looks like it's old. Um, the light bulb itself has sort of an aluminum anodized flavor. And then you come down to the shade and it has this whitewash that's dripped over it. And it, you can physically look at it and tell that it has texture to it. You almost, you want to touch it. You know, you want to be able to see um, this. It leans a little bit gray green. This comes in a couple of different finishes. Again, I would use it inside. I wouldn't put it outside because I don't think it would last out there. And again, photography, this looks like it's, it's massive. It's not, it's probably only six or seven inches in diameter, but these also come in pendant. So you can play with that. But thought this was just magnificent and just a, just a nice texture and flavor to it. Looks absolutely beautiful. More sconces. These right here obviously get attached to the wall. And what I wanted to show you um, were multiple finishes. Again, um, polished nickel, brass, or aura bronze. You could play with these with black. But these can be turned to either run vertical or they can be turned to run horizontal. Um, the light bulbs are not going to give off a ton of light. So this may be in a room where you want to have secondary light sources. So either um, uh, recessed cans in a room or uh, table lamps that's in there. But beautiful look. These actually have a ring on the top of the glass shade that's the matching color. A, a, a beautiful, nice technique. Glass is clear. The glass does not have any texture to it. And these are the size I'd say finished width. These are probably or height. I'd say probably 18 um, to 20 inches. They're not overly large, but you can turn them either way. Um, remember, they're not going to give a tremendous amount of light. They need to be a little bit more decorative and not as a primary light source. Okay. These are modern. Oh my gosh, are these modern? They remind me of lightsabers that you go and you whack someone with. Um, these can be used certainly in dressing areas if you have a modern flavor and you still want the sconces. These represent the different colors. You, again, you can turn them up or down. I would keep them vertical. Um, if you want something that's horizontal that runs even with the ground or parallel with the horizon, Needs a, these are not going to be the best things for you. Um, those fixtures are always going to do better if the canopy or the mounting plate is in the middle. Um, this one shows that they're at the bottom, although if you flipped it around, it would be at the top. But these are fun. They give off a fair amount of light. Again, I don't think I would use this as a primary lighting source, but beautiful finishes, um, polished nickel or chrome. And then in the middle, there's the black or the bronze. And again, we're seeing that sort of antique um, brass that's off to the right, really, really sharp. Okay, been working on this for the last week. Uh, this is for a project that I'm doing, a remodel in Pinehurst. This is a knockoff um, of a really famous lighting designer that is amazing. Um, this is actually blown glass. There are multiple pieces. You have to take two hours and put each one that's up in there. But oh my goodness, is it not a standalone piece that is just amazing. Uh, these come in multiple sizes. They also come in multiple colors. Uh, there's different vendors that sell them. Um, this particular vendor, I, I was happened to be close by that I walked past and thought that it was amazing. Uh, this is a small, um, this, believe it or not, is 39 inches. 
from the widest point to the widest point on the side. And part of my conversation this morning and yesterday is with the vendor was like, oh my gosh, are you sure that's 39 inches? Cause it does not look that big to me. Um, but they reassured me um, that it was, and they promised to give me a Bentley if it's not, which I will not get, but beautiful. And behind it, you see, uh, these are glass bowls or plates that they put on the wall. Uh, we're able to do, they're able to do that fixture in those exact same colors. So you can kind of see that and play with it a little bit. Uh, this one, we can hang on a little bit of a slope of a wall. If you look at the canopy, you can see the, those are called airline cables that they pull down. And then the electricity runs down in the middle, but that you're able to put on a little bit of a slope. Don't think I'd put it on much more than 14 or 22 degrees, but beautiful hand-blown. The colors of this are sort of a, a, a blue, blue-green, and then obviously the white that's in there. Um, I'm using this. It's going to be close to a kitchen, although it's over a dining table. And the the, the granite countertops, this Artemis, um, plays in that blue-green color. So the intent is to pull that over from the, the countertop that's over in the kitchen that's probably 15 feet, 20 feet away from this, up to the ceiling. Um, and it's, it's going to be, you know, it's a relatively tall ceiling and be able to pull that. And it's a craftsman look at something that looks amazing that someone made that's in there. And I believe that this is my last slide to look at. Um, remember in the beginning slides, we talked about layering and stacking certain fixtures. Um, these again are two that you could do that with. You could raise one up, you could lower one. They're not the exact same. Sort of if you look at the one that's on the left, it opens up a little bit. Uh, you can do these independently or you can mix them together. Um, these could go over a round table. I wouldn't make the table too big um, just because I think they're about 22 inches around. Um, the finish is dark. It's almost a bronzy or a black. And the cool thing with these fixtures, if you look on the wall, see how it gives that texture. The light physically comes through it so you don't need any art I, matter of fact I wouldn't put it anywhere where it's going to overlap and layer over the art because I think that such texture would compete with it but magnificent and absolutely beautiful so I think those are all of my pictures for the, the Dallas lighting show um, I think that they're absolutely beautiful. If you have questions on any of them, be sure and shoot them over and um, we'll probably pull up some more that's in there. So that's the lighting show. Hopefully you learned a little bit about that. The next thing that we're going to, oh, one thing we want to talk about is the delivery times and how to measure for these lighting fixtures. Um, delivery times, uh, plan on forever. Um, if they're in stock, you could have them in a week or two. If they're not in stock, any of the custom ones are going to take anywhere from a month to six months to get in. Uh, it's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's better to plan on the front side of that to know if you want this fixture and this fixture is going to take you know, six months to get in, know that you're going to do it and order it now. Don't wait until you have to have it in two or three weeks that you physically can have it. So timing is really, really important. The other thing to think about is the right size. What's the right um, proportion that this needs to be? Um, I like taking, if you have a square room, I like taking two sides of the room. So if the room is say 10 feet by 15 feet, add those two walls together. So 10 plus 15 is 25, convert those feet over to inches and add an inch or two to it. So that's 25 inches, give or take a little bit. That should be on the smaller side. That for me is how I do a gauge with that and order. 
The other thing you want to be careful is not to over, say, um, a dining table, um, whether it's round or whether it is rectangular. The fixture shouldn't be wider than the table. Um, it should be in at least three or four, if not five inches on each side. Uh, so make sure that fixture is just, it's just not too big. It's not too wide. Again, make sure you've got the right cord. We've talked about the cord. And then don't be afraid of doing a linear fixture over your table. If you have a linear table, make sure you have a linear table. Don't do a linear fixture over a round table. And also don't be afraid over your kitchen island. Again, if it's rectangular, you don't have to do the standard three pendants or five pendants. You know, you could do one really cool linear fixture that's in there. Um, again, open it up a little bit. Just make sure that the scale and the proportion are correct. Again, look at those two sides that's going to be there, and then that will um, help you determine it. And also think about your finishes. Um, remember, we don't have to match um, the color of the light to the door handles, to the plumbing fixtures, to everything else. We can mix things up a little bit. Uh, right now, I like having a little bit darker fixtures up there um, because the plumbing or the door hardware may be satin nickel or um, chrome or polished nickel. It's okay to mix the two. Not everything has to be the exact same finish. And then often, it is actually nice to layer those two up. So keep those in mind um, when you're looking at light fixtures and definitely enjoy and take your time out there looking at them. So the next thing that we're going to talk about is just a biggest challenge in the world, allowances and budgets. Um, I find often that the biggest mistake that uh, everyone makes, general contractors, clients, designers, not going to blame this on any one person. I'm going to take just as much heat as anyone else is we do not have realistic allowances and budgets or a, a correct investment. Now, this is going to change throughout the beginning part of the process. You need to come to the table and talk about, um, hey, I want to build a uh, X amount of square foot house for X amount of dollars. And then the builder has done this a number of times. I've done this a number of times that I can be able to tell you what, you know, you're not going to have a $50,000 chandelier hanging in your foyer if you want to build a house for a million bucks. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. But if you have those numbers and budgets put in there and they add those all together, that's going to give you a really good starting point. Now, not saying that um, don't, I mean, not to have hot buttons, things are important to you. I have certain clients that lighting fixtures are really, really hot for them right now. They want to put a little bit more of a percentage in the lighting budget than say they do their faucets. You know, th they could give a flip if the faucet in their um, master suite is $2,000 a pop. They're fine with $500 or $600 and then take that savings of the faucets and then put it toward this beautiful light fixture they want to take. And I got news for you. Light fixtures are going in one direction, and it is up. The cost of light fixtures are not going sideways, and they are not going down. The cost of materials are more. The designers are getting paid more to create beautiful fixtures. And we're also in a time where I, I, I think lighting fixtures, are, lighting fixtures are important. You need to have them. You need to have some focal points in your area. Please make sure that you make the proper allowance for that. Same thing, allowance and investment for your cabinets. I often see projects that I work with or consult with um, turned down that the number is way too low for the cabinets, entirely too low by like half. 
Um, and then immediately you're off to the races that you don't have enough budgeted for your cabinet. Um, your tile, tile's really a big deal too. Uh, you want it to look beautiful and you want it to look nice. A way that you can kind of shave a little bit is make your nicer areas in your master and your kitchen backsplashes and then your secondary bathrooms. So that is an option to be able to do. So realistic budget, having a true understanding, not, I mean, it's, uh, believe me, you, it's an area that they could be high tensioned and you can be combative over it. You don't want to do it, but you also have to know what things cost. And when you, when you tell the builder that, you know, I have to be in the house or this, he's going to, he's going to juggle your allowances and your budget accordingly. So if you know that you're going to want a little bit nicer stuff, be sure, and then let that know on the front end. Now, there's a question about how, well, gosh, how do I convey this to Eddie or the builder or my designer? Um, I call it inspiration boards. Uh, you can grab pictures and photographs online um, if you're out and about and, you know, send them over to your designer. Or you can actually put together a, a board or a photograph picture yourself that represents, you know, the flooring and the lighting and the, we're able to see and gauge an idea. You know, we're going to see, are you more contemporary? Are you a little bit more traditional? Are you more modern? Are you just all over the place? Um, or you could be open and say, I'm just, I'm, I'm there. I'll be really honest with you. The people that say that I'm open, they have a style down deep that they already like. And I, I kind of like to figure that out on the front side. I, I don't want to spend an hour and a half, two hours coming up with the design and pulling pictures and inspirations and send to you that are traditional or transitional if you're a modern person and you know that you're modern and you're not going to change. That's a waste of time and ultimately a waste of money. You know, let's focus on what you really, really love and what's really nice. Now, there are multiple ways to get these inspirations. There is house. There is Pinterest. There is Facebook. Um, everybody in the world has a cell phone now that you can snap and take pictures of. Um, you can do those in uh, photographs and then send those over. I, I can't tell you how much that helps because you may say, well, my gosh, what in the world is that so important? I'm able to look at it. Other designers are able to look at it and see this um, subconscious pattern, you know, how this is headed, the direction that you're going. And I'll tell you a trick. You send me four or five pictures with almost the same color floor that's a five-inch wide, white oak plank, then guess what? More than likely, that's what you're going to like. If you send me a whole bunch of photographs and pictures of light fixtures that are nothing but polished chrome, more than likely, that's what you're going to like. That gives us something to play with that's in there. It's such, such, such a big deal. So make sure we get those inspirations. Again, those could be Pinterest. They could be Howl's um, online. With that said, please don't send a gazillion pictures over seven days a week, 24 hours a day, try and narrow it down a little bit and then send over. It's, it's no fun to spend three or four hours a day going through, um, countless pictures. That's the same. And once you send two or three, that's the same over there. You can stop. There's no reason to do that anymore. So, um, let's see. It's also something I forgot to talk about was the budgeting in today's market. Um, it, it definitely is varied a little bit. So you may not have an understanding that this bottle of water now costs $1.99 where a year and a half ago it was 50 cents. Um, same thing with your ranging, same thing with the lighting fixtures. If you can go out and look or you can go online 
you get a general idea of what that cost. Highly encourage you to do that. Have a step back into reality of what things may cost. Um, visiting the showrooms prior to selections, you know, I'm probably going to get text messages and hate mail if I tell you anything other than it's a bad idea. Um, when you, first of all, the showrooms, the local showrooms are tight on time. They are short staffed. Um, I am a big, big fan of Ferguson's. Um, I shop at the one here in Raleigh on Yonkers Road and also on Dawson Street in Wilmington. They are a fabulous company. Uh, they represent appliances, lighting, plumbing. Uh, they've got amazing staff and great backup, but you need an appointment. Um, you just can't schlep up in there and say, show me these light fixtures or show me these tubs. You know, I need to see what a $500 tub buys me, which is nothing. Um, you have to have an appointment and then you're going to use that person's time when you're in there. And then nine times out of 10, I'm going to go back or your designer is going to go back with you and make the selections and look at things. So therefore we're going to use that person's time again. So be cautious, be respectful if we do that. Again, I'm not a big fan of pushing people to the showrooms with without a designer just because we need them to give us their attention and uh, they have to put together pictures and photographs and prices. Really, really need them to focus on that. So now plans. We've talked about plans in your house. This is from an architect. Um, this allows the builder to get a projected cost for you. It also allows you to have an understanding of what your layout's going to be. Inspirational pictures help with this tremendously. Um, please understand right now that architects are anywhere. Mine are running about five to six months for a plan. Um, that's longer than what it used to be, but it is what it is. Again, I focus on tier one building. I focus on luxury building. So are the builders I work with. So therefore you want it to be right. You want it to be there. You want to understand that um, yesterday and the day before I've been working on a pitch of a ceiling and the originally the clients were like, I, I don't want it to be but certain height. Well, the architect and I and the homeowners went back and forth and we looked and saw, but the pitch and the height of the ceiling also played a role in how the fireplaces came on one of the accent walls. Well, the fireplace was a little bit more important than the height and the pitch of the ceiling. That's not a rule. It's, it's not what everybody likes, but it's what this particular job did. So having that plan and having the architect and engineer to be able to think through that is just so, so incredibly important. And just really needs to be done. Um, I am a big fan of having the architect draw your plans than buying your plans online. Um, if you buy your plans online, it's extremely difficult and challenging to make changes. If you have questions um, about weight loads, about changing anything, often you're very, very limited to talk to people about that. So keep that in mind. Um, definitely encourage you to use an architect um, that's is local and that you can communicate with. Other thing we've changed and moved time-wise is the cabinet layouts and then these CAD programs, this computer-aided design. Um, there are, first of all, they've got to happen and they have to happen as soon as you finalize your plan and your plans go to engineering, you really need to get the plans off to the cabinet maker so the cabinet maker can start drawing and sketching up and you can communicate. That in itself could take a month or two months, if not three months to get that done. 
don't focus so much on the color on the front side is what fits. What are your needs? You know, are you going to have a 36 inch or 60 inch range? What size refrigerator are you going to have? It's the overall layout, the door styles, the colors, the finish of it, the texture, all that can come a little bit later, but you have to get that base layout done on the front side. Uh, there is a difference between full on custom and pre-manufactured or box cabinets. Pre-manufactured or box cabinets are going to have a uh, limited amount of colors. You know, they're gonna have a lot, but they're not gonna have an unlimited amount. Typically, you know, you have white, you have black, you have your blues, you have your grays that's in there. Some of them have, you know, pink and lime green, but you're going to, your pool of colors is gonna be a little bit tighter. And you're also, the availability of box sizes and hood styles are going to be reduced. So you have to consider that positive with pre-manufactured and box cabinets is often they are less expensive than custom cabinets and you can get them and then make them happen a little bit sooner. So an area to consider that would be your secondary bathrooms, maybe your basement bar, um, if that's not a really important element to you, but something to consider and know that there is a difference between the two and that there's certainly a cost difference between those two as well. And that cabinet person, the cabinet designer, manufacturer is going to be able to give you these drawings and you can physically see them. I like to take them in, redline them. I got a program that I can make some notes and I shoot them off to the client, let them absorb them for a day. And then we have a phone conversation and talk about, you know, what works, what doesn't work. I would move this, I would move that. Another thing right now, we're running cabinets to the ceiling, you know, unless you've got 50 foot ceilings. So we need to let them know that and have that planned out. And there also does come a stopping point. You know, if your ceilings are much more than 11 or 12 feet tall, you kind of need to stop and then, you know, not have the cabinets go anymore. So again, being able to look at those detail on those CAD drawings, you're able to see that. Um, understand cabinets are going to take a little bit longer than they normally do. Uh, we are, gosh, running 10 to 12 months on some of the cabinets from when we beginning to end. So just know that that is going to take some time. And also think about your ventilation. Um, ventilation is what goes up in the hood. We're required now to make sure that you draw out all the smoke, all the, if you're frying fish, you know, it's got to be able to suck it out. Um, the cabinet maker needs to know what type of ventilation and what type of hood that we're going to make. So um, get that picked out and then get those specs and everything sent over and that way they'll know. One of my favorite parts of the podcast is the big five from the builder. Those of you who were at the first pilot, we had this, and this is something we're going to try and bring back reoccurring for every podcast. This is where I asked the builder to give me five things that um, we could do differently or that projects miss the most. And this is what this is. Um, the first one is completion times. And this is how long it's going to take to get certain elements done of your home and how long it's going to take to get the house completed, you know, finished from beginning to end. Be patient. Know that right now it could take 12 to 16 months to build a home. Um, a lot of it depends on rain. It depends on snow. But know what that is on the, um, the front side. And then changes, make sure that we all understand your changes um, with delays that adds a little bit more time frame to it. And then also your house, your lot in relationship and working with your neighbors, make sure you plan that. 
Want to give a special thanks again to my sponsors, Jenny Blanton, um, handle all of your real estate needs in Central North Carolina. Also, Dogwood and Company. If you're building a beautiful custom home in Cary, be sure and then reach out. Um, also, check out our podcast webpage, which is designerslanepodcast.com. Again, that's designerslanepodcast.com. Also, I have social media on um, Instagram and Facebook, uh, just all kinds of cool stuff there. Um, be sure and tune in to our next podcast, which will be number three, hopefully. Um, again, we're going to talk about finalizing your plans and about cabinet layouts and other details that happen. So again, thank you all for watching and visiting. Uh, also, don't forget, if you have any questions, put them in the comments and we'll do our best to answer them. So have a great day and we look forward to seeing you soon.